Welcome to the seventh episode of Mel Bells Grease Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is a Canadian who bores the shit out of anyone who accompanies him on a six kilometer run by talking incessantly about Italian food, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Saunders. And how has your week been? Uh, teaching. A lot of teaching. <laughs> Not a whole lot else going on due to quarantine. You know, the usual. Yeah, definitely interesting times to be in, but also not so interesting because nothing is happening. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't believe I've got to do this at the start of the podcast again, but thank you to everyone who contacted us about the errors we made last week. This is just going to become a recurring joke, I think, now. Thank you to everyone who actually answered our our plea for what Zossen was a reference to. Apparently it is a reference to um, the Socialist Party. And also, thank you to Peggy for correcting us on the last Never Have I Ever statement, which I said was Never Have I Ever uh, Snuck Out of the House. It was actually Never Have I Ever Fly Tipped. Done what? Uh, never Have I Ever Fly Tipped or um, Dumped Rubbish in the Street. Oh, I've never heard of that expression. I think fly tipping might be a special British uh, British euphemism for it, but yeah, fly tipping is quite a, um, quite a well-known euphemism for just dumping shit in the street. Alina didn't drink on that one, did she? No, that was about the only one she didn't drink on, other than she didn't vote for the Socialist Party either. Right. Okay. Good to know those corrections. Makes us feel so journalisty. It really does, and talking of being journalisty, doesn't look like we're going to the finale, does it? <laughs> uh, well, let's see, it's in five days, and... The lockdown in Belgium's till early May, so no. But keep an eye out on our social media regardless, because if somehow we do get the chance to still sort to the final three, you can send in questions and stuff. It might be a bit last minute. I've no idea. I'm just kind of putting it out there and trying to force production to let us interview the final three, I'm not going to lie. And one final correction that I actually spotted myself is that I said last week that their total was up to €19,995. It was actually 18995 Oh, big mistake. Big mistake, Harmstone. You'll never live that one down. That's corrected for this week's figures, don't worry about that. So, previously the Final Five all travelled to Kalamata for an Olympic-inspired challenge against a group of men who were old enough to be their great-grandfathers, but they were surprised by the temporary return of Salim to try and take some money home with him. What? Wait, 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 wait. That was Salim? I thought that was his evil twin, Malice. Ah, yeah, yeah, it was Malice, wasn't it? I forgot. Officially, it was Salim, but actually, he has kind of a split personality thing going on. It's a, it's far too detailed to get into. Just listen to last week's podcast; you'll understand. Um, a game of Never Have I Ever showed everyone's true colours before it was every man for himself in a school challenge. Julianne came face to face with the mole, but came off worse before Doreen was the next to get sent home. And then there were four. Yep, and we begin the episode with an introduction to Spartan training. Around 500 BC, all states around the Mediterranean Sea had a common enemy, which was Sparta. At the age of seven, young Spartans were recruited by the army and started Spartan education for them. Weak children were thrown into the gorges of the outcasts from Mount Tegetus. Boys were constantly encouraged to fight each other. Stealing was no shame as long as you could get away with it. In the last months of their training, they spent in the wilderness with only a dagger, a linen cloth, and bare feet. And this week's plate, as you might have guessed, is representing the Spartan army. And next week's, finally we can say this, after seven weeks, we've been waiting to see it, but Omega is next week's plate. Omega. Oh my goodness. 
And the opening quote is, never lose your weapon or your own life, because you will protect the soldier next to you. And they begin on day 15 in Sparta, and everyone's trainers mysteriously have gone missing from their suitcases. So when they, like, drive into town, could they say, oh, this is Sparta? I'm sure that there were many, many of those quotes, and that they just cut them out, because, you know, it would have got very tedious if you were sat in the car with them, and they were just going, this is Sparta! (laughs) This is Sparta's history museum. (laughs) So Papa Bear meets him at breakfast, and he says he's looking for two messengers and two people who enjoy shopping. And Alina is ecstatic at the prospects of their being shopping. And they decide that Julianne and Bart are the messengers, and Alina and Christian are the shoppers. And each year, a 245km ultramarathon called the Spartathlon is held in Sparta to commemorate Philippius, the messenger who ran there from Athens two and a half thousand years ago. And today, Julianne and Bart will be running the last part of that. But first we will cover Christian and Alina's challenge, because it is one of the best uh, It is one of the best Belgian mole challenges they've ever done. Because I just had flashbacks to the drunk museum heist in South Africa, where it's, yeah, you're going to do this challenge, and there are a couple of people who know about it, but most of the people involved in this will not know anything. Oh, and there's a hell of a lot of theft. Yeah, this is the challenge I was messaging about when I started watching, saying, oh my god, they actually did this as a challenge on the mole. How are they actually allowed to do this? They are committing a crime on the mole. Oh, it's just so good. What's funny is the place I used to work at was the absolute worst for shoplifting because it's right in the center of town and close to a lot of uh, sketchy people. So like half the for the people who uh, stock the shelves and throughout the store or, or uh, work up in the office, half their day is spent just, just trying to catch shoplifters and banning people. So I think they I I think if Alina and Christian were trying to shop at my store, uh, they would have been caught much faster because they were not subtle at some points. Yeah, and my retail experience was that I worked in a supermarket for five and a half years, and the store wasn't in the nicest of areas, shall we say? I can't remember whether I've actually discussed this with you, but the highlights, if you can call them that, were. Uh, one of my friends having a machete held to her throat and being dragged to to the safe and told to unlock it. Uh, we had regular shoplifters who would just try and sneak in. And my personal favourite, the shop next door was getting refitted, so um, there were loads of workmen around and stuff, and two thieves dressed up as workmen during the night and used these sledgehammers that they'd left there overnight to sledgehammer through the wall and steal all the cigarettes from the cabinet. See, we don't have any machetes. Yeah, the, the machete one, I was shocked when I heard about it. My friend ended up being off for about three or four months, understandably, from just PTSD more than anything. But yeah, there were it was a really shit-holy area, I'll be honest. And there were so many thieving stories from, from that job. You know what doesn't help the stereotype is that the one of the contestants who has to participate in shoplifting is the ill is the illegal alien of the four players left in the game. I know. <laughs> like seriously, we're gonna make Alina shoplift? I did half expect her to turn around and go, Yeah, this isn't my first experience of of sneaking into places and stealing things. <laughs> if you can steal a healthcare and steal and steal social services, you can steal a candy bar. So for their challenge, Christian and Alina have Papa Bear's shopping list and must head to the nearby store and get the items. 
without paying. The manager is in on the challenge, but everyone else in the store is not. Each item has a value, and they can earn up to a thousand euros by stealing everything. And Papa Bear sends them off with a ten euro note as distraction. If they steal between one and five products, they earn just their values. If they steal six to ten, they have values that are doubled. And if they steal eleven to fifteen, then all the values are tripled. So Christian picks up a bottle of water to get as a distraction, but also manages to pocket a forty euro sponge. And Alina plays it safe and grabs a carrot and an egg on her way into the store. And then Christian finds a bag of crisps, which is worth 60 euros, but is a little bit harder to hide than the sponge, because he rustles. <laughs> and he escapes with the first two items and banks the first 100 euros. And then Alina escapes next with her items. She got three, which was an egg, a carrot, and a lighter, for a total of 100 euros again. And they decide to go in together for the second run. Alina ends up asking for a non-marinated chicken wing, and I'm assuming she only asked that it wasn't marinated so it didn't make funny stains all around Christian's shorts, because that would have been fun for him to explain. <laughs> Talking of Christian's shorts, he then hides a frozen pizza down them. <laughs> Why did he choose something so big? That was so ridiculous. Huh? How do you get away with that? That thing was humongous. It looked like he was wearing like a Kevlar bulletproof vest. I know that they put the frozen items in there just for funsies because they were both wearing shorts and this would be very entertaining to see them try and smuggle things out. But you get the wonderful moment where Alina and Christian get back to the car, Christian pulls a frozen pizza out of his shorts, and Alina pulls the frozen peas that we didn't even see out of her shorts. And she's like, here, they're still frozen! <laughs> it's still good. We can still eat this later. Did production like lose their wallet this episode? I'm like, man, let's just... Man, how are we going to get food? How are we going to get food? We have no money. I know, we're just going to make up this challenge on the spot. So now we get at least pizza buns and frozen peas for dinner tonight. It's like, seriously, where did this challenge come from? Because even the drunk museum heist made a little bit more sense in the context of the season than this. This is based off of Spartans not really giving a shit about stealing. And it's like, there's not giving a shit about stealing, and then there's going into a supermarket repeatedly and trying to steal Papa Bear's shopping list. <laughs> Next week, is there is the local region's culture going to have a history of kidnappings? Is there going to be a kidnapping challenge? Throw the hood over somebody's face and chuck them into a car? <laughs> The taller the person is and the heavier they are, the more money you get. If you choose somebody who's like four feet to four feet tall and 70 pounds, it's not that much money. But if you choose somebody six foot eight and like 350 pounds, you get like 10,000 euros out of it. So they go for a third attempt together and Christian pockets the feta and the yogurt, but staff are beginning to become suspicious of him. Christian gets cornered on the way out, but Alina still manages to smuggle a baguette out somehow, and not drip crumbs everywhere. Two baguettes, wasn't it? Wasn't it two baguettes? Is anyone watching the cameras in the store? It was one baguette, and it broke halfway in her shorts. So she just kind of produced two half baguettes. Does it count as two items now? She must have been fishing crumbs out of her shorts for days from that. Or she goes to wash wash your clothes and the washing machine is just full of breadcrumbs. We need a vacuum. Yeah, she she just turns around and, and is like, that would have been really useful in the Minotaur maze. Why couldn't we have this challenge earlier? 
So when Christine gets cornered, he rats out that he's filming a TV program, and the manager ends up saving him, and that ends the challenge. And they stole 9 of the 15 items off the list, and earn 1,240 euros of possible 3,000 for the challenge, and then Papa Bear sends Christine off to pay for the items that they stole. What would have been funnier is if the manager who was in on it just makes that into an extra challenge where he doesn't save Christian for an hour just to see if Christian can somehow talk his way out of it. See, in other versions, they genuinely would have then brought another of the contestants out and tried to interrogate Christian to find out what he'd stolen to try and win the uh, the rice telling for the finale. That's true, yeah. Bring in, like, Bart and uh, Yolien. So, Bart and Jolien have three hours to run the last 17 kilometres of the Spartathlon and deliver a message to earn up to 4,000 euros for the pots. Where exactly and who the message is for will become clear along the way as they endure some Spartan conditions for their run. And the first sign they come across says that at least one of them must run the next two kilometres barefoot and they can swap at any point in the next two kilometres, but at least one of them must be running barefoot at all times during the next two kilometres. And understandably... This is not the most comfortable challenge. I think Barton having to run long distances is not a comfortable challenge for him. Yeah, having to run long distances anyway, and it's nearly half marathon length, can I point out. They have to run long distances, and then for a very early two kilometres of it, they don't even get proper footwear. They have to go barefoot or wear flip-flops. They actually do surprisingly well with how much of a pace they keep up all the way through. Yeah, but the even better thing is, because this is early in the challenge, they're then going to be suffering the effects of it for the remaining up to 15 kilometres. Yeah. If this had come last, it actually wouldn't have been as bad for them, I don't think. Yeah, because you're not feeling the scratches on your feet. No. So they obviously struggle a little bit, but after 40 minutes, find the end of the section, and they get instructions to say to deliver the note to the statue of King Leonidas in the centre of Sparta. And they also get their shoes back that Papa Bear had stolen from their suitcases. There's a lot of stealing going on. They're just acting like true Spartans. This is this is what Sparta's like. Can you imagine just reconnecting with your roots? Where it's like, oh, I found out that I have Spartan roots, so you know I'm gonna see family and uh, really immerse myself. What? They're all thieves and shoplifters. I know what I'm gonna bring back with me back home. See any more shoplifting hit here, and these people would have got sent to Australia. Yeah. No, no, and no, uh, no inbound flight allowed. Oh, definitely not. Do you think Papa Bear Jill Sacoster is a secret uh, kleptomaniac? He must be, because this is the second time in five seasons now that he has made his contestants steal things. I'm still waiting for that kidnapping challenge next year. If there is a season next year, because you know the end is next week. Oh, mega. So, further along, they do find two barrels filled with water and instructions that they must carry the barrels for the next two kilometres. And, lucky for them, the barrels do have taps on them for them to drink out of. The more you drink, the lighter it is. See, this wasn't actually that clear. The tactic probably is empty the barrels as soon as you physically can, I would say. If there's no restriction on them emptying the barrels, you drink as much out of those barrels as you physically can, or just open the tap as you're running. Yeah, just pour a bunch, just have it all out in the streets. Yeah, because water will weigh a lot more than those barrels do generally. Those barrels will be reasonably light without being full of water. Yeah, water in a barrel makes a huge, huge difference to the weight. 
So at the end of the path, they find out that the message is for Christian and Alina, and that they will soon be in danger, so Bart and Jolien must be on time. And the final sign says that they must run the last six kilometres without stopping if they want to win the assignment. Along the way, they will find two shields, which will be crucial to the challenge's success. And of course, Bart ends up talking about what food he'll be eating as soon as he finishes the challenge. Pasta. Tomatoes, pasta, chicken, ice cream, bananas. Yeah, they end the first major bit of the episode by just talking about pasta repeatedly. Thrilling conversation. Maybe Christian Alina can steal some pasta for him from the store. I wonder how many dirty looks. They, you know what would be better is that the end the challenge when they're preparing for dinner to send Christian and Alina back into the store that they shoplifted from and see how many dirty looks they get from all of the cashiers. Or what would be even better? I just thought of this now because... After Christian was in there saying he was filming for a TV show, the, all the employees then had to know about it. They're like, oh, okay, okay, well, we'll let you go. Have Christian and Alina go back in there later, actually shoplift for real this time, and if the employee comes up to him again, the same guy, Christian be like, oh, no, 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 this is for a TV show, I swear. <laughs> yeah, definitely still filming here. Yeah, there's. don't you see the invisible cameras? I wouldn't actually shoplift for real. So with 35 minutes left, they decide to open the message, which tells them that shortly Christian and Alina will be attacked by archers who will shoot 20 arrows at them, unless Bart and Jolien open the scroll, in which case it's 40. And for each of them that is not hit, they will earn 2,000 euros for the pots. And with 10 minutes left, they still have 500 metres to run, and Jolien is struggling. And at three minutes to go, they see the shields and masks, and then Bart essentially just runs to the statue of Leonidas, screams at them to put the helmets on, and sit down. And for some reason they just decide that the best person to protect is the smallest target in Christian, rather than, you know, protecting both of them. There wasn't the best shielding that I've ever seen. <laughs> no, no it really wasn't. And the really ironic thing is, when Christian does get hit by arrow number 37, it's only on the leg. They didn't actually get a proper square shot at him. It was kind of a rebound that they got unlucky on. Yeah, but the shields still weren't... Those shields were big enough to protect both Alina and Christian. Oh, definitely. I don't know why they sucked so much at positioning the shield. Maybe someone was sabotaging. Oh, there's 100% of sabotage on this task. Hmm, I wonder. (laughs) I wonder if there's somebody who's secretly working against the group to keep money out of the pot. Think it could be one of those four? You mean to tell me that for the past seven weeks we've been watching this program and someone has been sabotaging? That's just not right. So yeah, Alina somehow manages to not get hit, and Christian does get hit by arrow 37, so they earn 2,000 euros of possible 4,000 for the challenge. Following the challenge, they drive north to Calavrita to their new lodgings, and everyone is really suspicious after today. So, if you were the mole... Which minigame would you have been in? If you were the mole, you probably have to be in the shopping assignment because you can sabotage both of them. Right, yes, because the people running can't do anything about the shop- the grocery store. Exactly. So you minimise how much is, uh, is taken in the grocery store, and more importantly, you potentially tip off the security guard that your friend is stealing, and then you just make yourself as big a target as possible in the, uh, in the archery. Well, I mean... That's that's kind of a cheap shot, though. I mean, if you're Alina, of course you're going to be the bigger target in Archery in contrast to Christian. 
the mole doesn't have to do that much work there. No, but I, I definitely think that as a mole, you should try and be in the shopping assignment. Yeah, I guess if 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 you're not the one that gets caught, you don't look as suspicious in contrast to Christian. Exactly. But you can definitely do things that make where the security guy is going to look at Christian a bit more. If it is Alina, as I'm assuming, as and as I'm assuming you're assuming, if it's Alina, I suspect she probably tips off the security guard. Because they still got less than half the money in that challenge. Yeah, because if they don't get caught, it was times three, right? Yeah, because if they don't get caught, Christine's two items push it into times three. And then it's 4,200 euros, roughly, they would have had? Um, Just have to think. There was a maximum of 3,000. And all the items were between 50 and 150, I think. So they probably would have come out of that with a little over 2,000 euros if Christine doesn't get caught. So how much should they end up with then? Uh, 1240. So it's times three. They would have had the full 3,000 then. Uh, no, they wouldn't because they, they would have had 11 of the 15 items. And each item had a value of between 40 and 150 euros. And it's those values that got multiplied by one, two, or three, depending on how many items they got. So like the 40 euro sponge at the start, because it was item number one, it was worth 40. As soon as they got the sixth item, it became worth 80. And if they'd have got the 11th item, it would have become 120. Oh, I see what you mean now. It's not just all of them suddenly get multiplied by three at the end of the challenge. No, the, it's not essentially times six at the end. They can only get 3,000 euros of this challenge. And I did run the numbers to make sure it was exactly 1,000, by the way. <laughs> So, Papa Bear meets them at breakfast the next morning and says that they have an important day ahead and one of the four will get an opportunity to have an intimate conversation with everyone. Who that is will be decided by the traditional Greek pastries in front of him. One of them is slightly unique, and that is Jolien's. Because hers is filled with stinky cheese. Yay! And that makes her the question master for this entirely pointless little challenge. <laughs> Nothing really happens here, it's just, are you the mole? Ich bin the mole nit. It is interesting, though. I kind of, I may, I may be spotted something in this, but I'll tell you in a minute. So she gets to have control of the mini challenge and stick her head through a cardboard box and bring everyone up one by one and interrogate them as much as she wants. She chooses Alina to go first, and of course, because she had stinky cheese in her pastry, it's a little bit unpleasant to have your face that close to Juliet right now. That's part of the tactic. Stink them out. And she says she's already onto the mole. Jolien asks why her hair was messy after the school challenge, as it's never messy. And she says that's something for you to try and work out. Bart is second up. She asks how sure he is of his mole. He says nothing is certain in this game. And she asks whether he had a red screen at the firework elimination. Because something I didn't mention last week is we know that Jolien didn't. Someone spotted in the reflection of Jolien's glasses was a green screen at that challenge. So it was either Bart or Christine who had the red one. Oh, wow. And he says that it might have been him. And she asks if he ever had any regrets about taking 10,200 euros out of the pot in um, in episode one for the exemption. And he says, not even a little. And he also denies that he's the mole. Do you want to have a little bit of regret or do you want to find out who the mole is? And then Christian is last up. She asks if he knows who the mole is. He says, if you don't know who the mole is by now, you wouldn't be sitting there. And it's deeply ironic, given what happens at the end of the episode, that it's these two having that conversation. <laughs> Because we have Christian going home, but we also have Julienne who says that she's safe for the day, but if she had to guess who the mole is now, she would guess Christian. So she's very lucky she got that exemption. 
She may be our runner-up in the finale. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> Either that or she's the mole. Yeah, and she asked if Christine had the red screen at the firework elimination. He said he had a green one. And she asked why his hair was combed following the school assignment. He says that he fixed it with his hand. Thank you for noticing. And she asks if he's ever withheld information about other challenges, and he says yes, because what's better for him is not necessarily better for Jolien, and what's better for Jolien is not necessarily best for the bot. And he says he's not the mole. And he also tries asking whether she's the mole, and she says she asks the questions here, not you. And when his head leaves the box, he almost collapses. <laughs> and what was interesting here, for me, is that Alina is the only one we don't see her ask whether she's the mole. Maybe she got really nervous and admitted to it. She can handle shoplifting, but she can't handle being the mole. She wouldn't have admitted to it, because later in the day, Jolien still thinks it's Christian. But it's very interesting that they never show Alina denying being the mole in this challenge. That's guilt. That's implied guilt. And Papaver then takes them to the final challenge of the episode. All they have to do is board a train in the first compartment and leave at the final stop in the second compartment, carrying a suitcase. If they play smartly, they can win up to 5,000 euros of the pots, or some things that can help decide who makes the finale and who is sent home. And then Papaver comes over the tannoy on the train and says that in four of the six suitcases are money, and in two are exemptions for the finale. They will only earn money if everyone takes money. If just one person has an exemption, they win that and no money is earned for the challenge. If two people have exemptions, they will lose those exemptions, and the money values earned by the other two will be won, and the two people who took money will also win two pass frog. And Jolien goes first and picks the grey case, which contains an exemption, and she claims when she gets back that it contains a thousand euros. Alina takes the black case next, which contains a thousand euros, and she tells the truth about what it contains. Christian goes for the red case, which is two thousand euros, and he says it's only one, and then Bart opens the blue one, which contains five hundred, he knows someone lied, but he himself lies about it containing an exemption. There's a lot of mind games being played in this discussion. There really is. And at the intermediate stop, they can get clues for useful colours and split up into two pairs. And they only have five minutes, and there are two paths, so there's not enough time to do both. And Alina and Julianne find a box which they must use a screwdriver to open. And Bart and Christian find a numerical sequence which they must complete to get the key to open their box. Jolien and Alina open theirs, saying there is an exemption in either the grey or the yellow suitcase, which Jolien already knew because it's in the grey suitcase which she picked. Bart and Christian's sequence is that the previous difference is multiplied by 3, so 3, 7, 19, 55, 163 is followed by 487, which Christian works out quite late. And their box says that either red or blue contains 2,000 euros. Bart opened blue, so he knows Christian lied, and Christian opened red, so he knew which one contained 2,000 euros. And it is then a sprint back. If they miss the train, they are out of this challenge. And Alina and Jolien cannot hide their disappointment when the boys make it back on time, with about 15 seconds to go. That would have been a huge advantage for them if they didn't make that train. Yeah, I wonder how this challenge would have worked if the boys didn't make the train, because would it then just have... Well, Jolien still would have got the exemption, but would it then have been Alina taking just one bit of cash and what would have happened if they'd both taken it? Would they then would the boys have earned Prasfragen still or not? It was a bit ambiguous. Oh yeah, well I mean if the rule was that the two people who picked money would end up with Prasfragen, so I guess if you don't have any money, 
then you don't get the pass fragging. I would assume so, but there's nothing specifically saying it. I'd assume it's just zero exemptions and zero uh, pass dragon. Yeah. What we know in the business as a complete waste of time. And after much debate, Bart admits that the blue case contains 500 euros. With four minutes left, they need to decide on who is picking in what order. Christian says he wants to go last, but everyone just goes, no. Bart agrees to go first, and they decide that the order should be Bart, Christian, Alina, and then Jolien. Bart picks yellow, Christian picks red, Alina picks blue, and Jolien picks grey. So, when they meet up with Papa Bear at the station, Christian opens up the 2,000 euros, Alina opens up 500, Jolien opens a rice telling and then realises what she's done. And Bart opens 1,500 euros, and as a result, Jolien earns her rice telling for the finale, but they earn nothing of a possible 5,000 for the pots, which brings us to 3,240 of a possible 12,000 for the episode and 22,235 euros of a possible 93,400 for the season so far. Who picked the different suitcases? Bart and... Bart picked yellow, which he didn't have before, nobody had opened before, and Alina picked blue, which Bart had had before. And then Christine still picked his red case, which is 2,000, and Jolien still picked her grey case, which was the rice telling. I wonder how much that order impacted things. Like, once you be able to kind of figure out who was telling the truth and who wasn't based on what suitcases were picked before you go up there? I guess so, but as soon as they let Jolien go last, she was always going to pick the case she knew contained an exemption regardless, I would argue. Especially if she's laser-focused on Christian being her mole. So, that complicates things, because you just have to stop Jolien going last. But you also have to make sure that whoever's before Jolien takes that grey case away from her. And then you know Julianne's going to go for a completely different uh, one of the cases that weren't picked then. Yeah, but you then have to add add in the ambiguity of Julianne might not get an exemption. But none of these people didn't trust Julianne, even though she's been in a position of power on pretty much every individual challenge in the past two episodes. Because she, she was in charge of the school challenge in the end. She was in charge of the weird cardboard box interrogation. And then she was in charge of this. That's three in a row where there's a huge spotlight on her. Yeah, they've given her so much power, and she's brought in no money from that power. Makes her so much more suspicious, but then the other side of it is, why would the mole try to be in the spotlight that much in the last couple weeks? Exactly, the mole had no use for being the final person at the school challenge, for example, because anyone in that situation is probably going to gamble at least a couple of times, and therefore less money is going to get in the pot regardless of what you do. The mold certainly didn't need to be in charge of the cardboard box interrogation because it's just a, a filler challenge. And more importantly, the reason I don't think Jolien is the mold now and that Elena is my one choice this week is because her reaction when she realised that everyone else had taken money, she looked heartbroken. She could not fake that reaction as a mole. Yeah. Unless she was really prepared for it. Her reaction looked really genuine as soon as Alina opens 500 and Christian opens 2000 and she goes, oh shit, what have I done, basically? She looks really genuine and heartbroken that she's cost the group so much money. Which is why I think she's not the mole. So, it is now time for the penultimate test. 20 questions about the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least is the final person to go home. Christian says it's every man for himself. Bart says he thinks everyone knows who it is. 
Jolien says it's sad that in the penultimate episode she's still on two people because she's basically the Nathan of the season, but her gut feeling is that it is Christian. And Papa Bear says that there is only space for three in the finale, two candidates and one mole. And Christian is the first person to see a screen, but it is a red screen and he is the final person to go. One of those very rare times where only one name gets typed in. Hmm. But more importantly, someone predicted this final three ages ago. Was it you? Yeah, I've called it for weeks that the final three would be Alina, Bart, and Juliet. And here we are. Yep. And uh, as we're going to get into predictions in a minute, I'm reasonably confident that Alina's the mole, and I'm reasonably confident that Bart's going to win. Do you think he's going to blow all the money on a huge meal at a restaurant? Oh, God. I would love to know what Bart, as winner, would do with currently 22,500 euros. And then Christian gets no money, so he's stuck shoplifting for groceries for the rest of his life. He now knows some techniques to get away with it. One of which is, don't re-enter the same grocery store twice. Three times. (laughs) Three times, yeah. (laughs) It'd also be delightful irony if, in the end, seen as they reminded us of it this week, that Bart actually cost himself nearly a third of his potential winnings, personally, by taking that exemption at the start. Have they talked too much about suspicions all season? They really didn't talk about suspicions at all this week. The only suspicion we heard was from Jolianne, and it was at that point that I was reasonably confident that Christian was going to be going home. Yeah, there's. it's happened so many times in mole history where the person who gets the Final Four exemption gets very, very lucky because this person they suspect goes home at Final Four, and then at Final Three they're able to identify who the mole is. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, because it doesn't usually happen in Belgium. That's the thing. The The closest I can think of is when Pascal was sent home at Final Four thinking that um, Peter wasn't the mole. But usually we have a Final Three where everyone going into it knows who the mole is, in Belgium at least. Because it's at that point that we then stop getting suspicions because it's too obvious. Yeah. Well, look at, look at Vidim this year. When they all taken the final quiz... All three, all three players said, "Yeah, Rob's the mole." It's like it's pretty tough to hide it when three people are on the same person. And another thing that we're reminded of in Christian's departure scene is that Bart thought that Christian was tall, and we see Elena cry yet again. And Christian says that doing the skydive was his highlight. Bart says that he thinks he dodged a bullet, and that he and Christian were on the same mole. Well, if Elena's the mole, I mean, it really could have just been a fifty-fifty showdown, and. Probably, probably came down to a timer. Well, it depends who's the better quizzer. Because if Bart is a better quizzer, then maybe he scored a couple more points than Christian. But I think it was probably very close. No one's really talked about the note-taking and who's been taking more notes in their journals at all this season. No, it, it sort of died down after the Argentina season, I would say. I, don't, I think after all the intensity of the Argentina season and the arguments that note-taking or not note-taking caused... They kind of tempered it slightly and went, yeah, we're not going to talk that much about this anymore because it just causes arguments. Or the fact that everyone, when they realized, hey, the guy who didn't bring a pen in the second episode got executed, maybe everyone takes relatively the same number of notes. Maybe. I think after that season, they probably learned their lesson slightly and and made sure that they cast people who would actually pretend to take notes. And make sure they had a pen in their luggage? Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. So next week, the final three take the final test. We finally see where Papa Bear's Greek announcement picture was taken. 
the Scott Flannery Memorial Bridge reappears, and it does sound like Bart jumps and screams like Scotty does. Alina gets a gun, Jolien hyperventilates, and Papa Bear announces the start of Money Time. So, do we want to watch the finale, or find out who the mole is? I'd actually quite like to do both, thank you. Oh, we get to do both next week! If that's okay with you. <laughs> no, we're just going to pause it in the last 30 seconds before the ending episode. Whilst that would be hilarious, that's not happening. I'm going to be watching the shit out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the pool, I am down to just Alina again, and Logan is now down to Bart and Jolien. And interestingly, in the first Suspicions game, we were on nine people who still had their first Suspicions last week. We are now down to just three. So I will say this now... <laughs> If Bart is the mole, then Tom Flynn wins. If Jolien is the mole, then it's Matt Clemson or Indy who win. Or Matt Clemson and Indy tied. And if it's Alina, seeing as though nobody picked her as their first choice, it goes to second choices. And do you know who wins in that case, Logan? Me? It is indeed Logan Saunders. <laughs> oh my goodness. So... If Alina is the mole, I win the pool and you win the first suspicions list. So that is what we're playing for next week. We both win! Yeah! Everyone's a winner, apart from all the listeners who've had to listen to this for the past seven, nearly eight weeks, and then don't win anything anyway. So talking of suspicions, who is your one suspect, Saunders? Oh, well, if I'm going to win first suspicions... Can I win first suspicions and then... Oh, no, no, wait, that doesn't work. Damn it. Okay, so I have to go Alina, then. I have to go Alina as the mole. You don't have to. First Suspicions is something completely separate to, to what we're doing here. Wait, so if I pick Julianne and I'm wrong and Alina's the mole, then I win First Suspicions. If I pick Julianne and Julianne's the mole, I win that. Hmm. thing is that Julianne's been in the spotlight so much, but I don't know if that's a tactic or what it is exactly. It's been creeping up ever since that whole school challenge. But I don't want to change at the last second, so I'm going to stick with Alina. And I'm also sticking with Alina because Jolien has always been my second on the suspicions, or at least since we narrowed it down to two people. And I've never been able to shake the underlying suspicion that I have of her, but Alina has put herself in the positions that I would as Mole. And for the first time ever, maybe, I might actually have a good Belgian Mole record here. <laughs> I'm slightly worried that I'm confident going into the finale and I don't even get to sit in the press room this year and go, yes, I won. How flabbergasted are we going to be if Bart is the mole? If Bart is the mole, Bart is my favourite mole ever. I'm saying it now. Do you think he'd be unmasked? I'm not sure because we don't know who Jolien's second suspicion was, whether it was Alina or Bart. If Bart is the mole, there is a very real chance that Jolien wins. When, what's the most recent suspicion that Alina had? I can't even remember. She implied that it was Jolien, I think, but we've not had an outright suspicion from her in weeks. So yeah, we got anything else you want to say? Um, let's see. No, I think Alina's going to be the mole, and Bart is the winner, and Jolien is our tragic final loser. The last loser. I happen to agree completely. Good. Yay! Go team! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's usually so much funner if uh, we're in complete disagreement. 
You mean like the finale of last year where we were both watching the reveal just going, please be our suspect, please be our suspect, please be our suspect, and you went, yes, and I went, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> In your face, my Belgian mole record is intact. <laughs> so, thank you for listening to our Demol Versi recap. We'll be back next week to conclude the hunt for the latest mole. Don't forget to contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, RTV Warriors. I can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at LogSuperQuacky, and I am MJ Harmstone. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the final of flavoring.